always receive mercy, grace to help us in our time of need. And we thank you, Lord, that we know we need you. That's a revelation in itself. There are many people that need you and don't know it. So we are among the blessed and the fortunate because we know the need that we have for you and we know that you will come through for us without fail. So, Lord, we thank you, we bless you, and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So yesterday we started talking about the um, um, the uh, man at the pool. And there were... <clears throat> Several things that we uh, found out about this situation, uh, the title we have is the I Am Has Come to Heal You. Amen. I Am Has Come to Heal You. And we know the word I Am is, is God used that term. Now, when he, when he first used it, he came to, in Genesis 15, I'm pretty sure that was Abraham. And uh, what he the the word that was used for God was Elohim, it meant, meant the Almighty God, you know. But I am kind of pinpointed his existence as being alive from the beginning and throughout eternity. And so you can you can feel like you have a revelation of God by what you know. But then he advances you further and he wants to get you to know more about him. So the I am of God came at a time when it was essential for Moses to know that he was alive. Because for one thing, uh, Israel was, um, they were guests in Egypt when Joseph was alive. But that was over 400 years ago. Now they were in bondage. I'm going to say that again. Somebody can help me out with. I'm not going to threaten to go to why. Y'all just going to look up here and see an empty chair. Okay. (laughs) I was going to say Minister Tina fill in for me, but I ain't going to treat her like that. Amen. (laughs) But, but that's the way of the world. Isn't that right? You start out out as a guest, and you wind up in bondage. We don't have no people that's ever struggled in here. Anybody's still struggling and can't figure out how they got there, huh? When you when you were a a, a kid in high school and you wanted to be Accept it with the cool group. You was dying to get to one of their parties. Huh? They little basement party, little pay party. And then somebody come in with a bottle of Boone's Farm and spike the punch. And next thing you know, you stand up. My name is Jane and I'm an alcoholic. <sighs> can you help me out, Poppy? That's how it happens. You were dying to get in there and be cool with everybody. Now all of a sudden your best shot is at an AA meeting. Huh? Just saying. So this happened over a period of over 400 years, but it happened. The same situation that welcomed you now can enslave you. Amen. 
can put you in bondage. Amen. That's why they have so many apps for all your favorite fast food. And then all day long, you keep hearing that ding, ding, free fries. Oh, uh-huh. and it's one on every block. So, I mean, how are you going to help yourself with all of that? <laughs> but that's the way of the world. That's the way of the enemy. He wants to lure you in so that he can enslave you. Amen. And so this is what happened to Israel. They got. They were, they were a welcomed people at one point. And then little by little, the pharaohs kept adding, uh, items to their list of to-dos. Amen. So you gotta do this, you gotta do that. Pretty soon, they were making extremely big blocks and constructed the pyramids. If they complained, they made the labor harder. They took the straw away and, and, you know, from them having to, to, and, and made them go pick it themselves. Now, if you complain, we're going to make it that much harder for you. Amen. That's why complaining is never the way out. If I could just say that. Amen. Worship is the way out. Amen. Crying out to God is the way out. It's always the same way out. The way out is different from the way in. See, the way in, you got invited in, and then you got ensnared. The way out is you just cry out for what you need. You got to you gotta ask for what you need, amen, instead of whining about what you don't have. And so there Israel was. Little did they know that God had already scheduled their deliverance. And to the, the month, the day, and the date, God delivered them, amen. But it, their deliverance had to be a process. And so Moses was part of the process. And part of his process was getting himself familiar with the great I am. When God said, when Moses said, who shall I say sent me? And and he didn't give his name Elohim, the one he had, had introduced himself to Moses by. But he said, let me give him a more powerful name. See, there's always a more powerful aspect of God that we can understand. We don't know it all. I don't care how many years you've been saved and sitting in a pew and praying in tongues off and on. <laughs> huh? Yeah. There's always a different revelation of God, a deeper revelation of God that we can get. Amen. It's like sometimes when I'll read scripture and I'll go a certain, I'll go a certain place in the scripture and I'll receive what God has for me. And then I'll hear somebody else add something to it. I said, now I just read that. How come you didn't show it to me? I want to be the first one to know. Huh? <laughs> Well, he takes you as far as he wants you to go. You know, sometimes he'll tell me to just hold on, hold on, hold on. He said, now you go get all excited and try to run off with that. You ain't got all of it. So hold on. I got more to tell you. And I'm going, oh, Lord, I can't take no more. It's messing my head up. Amen. That's why he stops you. 
where he stops you. But, but he has yet to reveal himself more and more to us. See, we know him as healer of some small things. But we're going to know him as a God who replaces limbs and who raises the dead. You understand what I'm saying? So there's always more. So this was the more that he was giving Moses, more understanding of who he is. Who is this God that I'm talking to? And so Moses began to experience the great I am. And he found that God was present with him everywhere he went. That God was with him when he confronted Pharaoh ten times. Amen. Many times God sends us to the same place over and over and over again. Every time you have to confront something, you lose something and you gain something. I'm going to say it again. Because most of us don't like confrontation, antagonism. Unless we can, you know, go for bad or something like that. You know, now when we, I ain't talking about putting your do-rag on and calling up your sisters and all. (laughs) And your crazy cousin. Uh, but I'm just talking about spiritual confrontation, saying no to the enemy, resisting him, all of those things. You know, very often Christians don't like to go that route. We just rather just beg God for stuff over and over again than to step out of that and say, God, what do I need to confront? And see, the fact that he had Moses confront Pharaoh ten times means that it took 10 times to get Moses free. See, y'all want instant everything. I don't know where you think you're going to get it from. Huh? Sometimes you have to confront your symptoms more than one time or more than once every now and then when it's getting real bad and you feel like you can't stand it no more. Know how we do. Your life has to be a continual confrontation of evil, a continual confrontation of the things that bind you and that have entrapped you and ensnared you. Many times we're trying to confront the devil when we got too much devil in us. So true. Huh? Now, you know, the Bible says about Moses, they said he was skilled in all the arts and he was he was mighty in word and in deed you know what that means he was a warlock so when you got warlock in you and god is hiring you to do a job for him god's got to deliver you of your warlocky rich stuff your warlockyism <laughs> So those times that Moses went to, to confront Pharaoh, remember he, he threw the, the rod down and became a serpent. And who else did it? His playmates. The magicians of Pharaoh's court, then was his peeps. So all the time it's like an issue of who you going to serve? You going to serve God for real? Or you going to go with your peeps when the first opportunity shows up? 
So Moses' power was the same as the first few times he confronted Pharaoh. He operated out of the same power they operated in. Because they were able to do the same things. Until God stopped it. When Moses, the last time Moses uh, did a trick or, or did a magic for them and they could not duplicate it. That was when Moses was delivered of his Egyptian devils. Huh? So for those of us who get bored and tired the first time you confront a symptom and it don't move. Not throwing no shade. But if you feel shade. It's God. So just repent. Amen. You know, we get all kind of like carried away about stuff and think our little, our little mixed up magic is going to work the first time we talk to the devil. Just saying. Just saying. And sometimes your unction can be, can be right and be strong and God is always with you in that unction. But God wants to see if every time you see the devil, you're going to act like this. Or you will smooth up with him sometimes when you see him and sometimes you won't. Just saying. Huh? Sometimes we channel surf in a movie stops in front of our eyes. You gonna hesitate or you gonna keep going? Or let me just bring it down a little further. Some of that music. Huh? Everybody rapping these days, Christians and not, worldly people and Christians, huh? That's why the the music world is referred to as a crossover industry. You ain't sure what you're crossing over into, huh? Just saying. So God has to prove us. He was proving Moses. God could have delivered them the first time he went, but he was delivering Moses as well as delivering the people. Moses was one of the people. Amen. And so as God dealt with Moses and got him to start working in the right power, he was able to then trust Moses with leadership over his people. Amen. You know, there's, there are people that we trust in ministry because they got a big church and a lot of people now on television. And you don't know if those are proven vessels or not. Anybody can get on television. You can get a YouTube channel. And you can get the most clicks on there. And then somebody look and see, ooh, they got uh, 54,000 views. I think I'll look at this. A lot of people like this person. No discernment, no praying about it, no asking God. Sometimes God need to just tell us, get it, turn that whole thing off and go get in your Bible. Your paper Bible. Not your Bible app. Go get your paper Bible. So you won't be tempted. Amen. <laughs> so Moses found out who the great I am was. And God lived up to his reputation. He wanted Pharaoh to know that he was alive. 
I'm not the same gods that you worship down at the Nile. In fact, I'm going to give you enough of those gods to make you wish you didn't know them. Amen. That's why sometimes people stay in bondage for a long time. God has to convince them that it's wrong. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes the people have a little bit of misery in their bondage. They keep going back to it because it didn't kill them. It didn't. I'm still living. God didn't strike me dead. Huh? Man, daredevils. <laughs> right. They dare the devil. And they dare God too. And so we have to understand God's process of deliverance. Deliverance is a process, folks. It is a process. So he delivers Moses in time to get his people out of Egypt. Amen. And then Moses uh, is able to successfully do the ministry that God told him to do. Not without problems, but he's able to do the ministry. So then Jesus, in in, in our example in John chapter 5, we we have this example of Jesus healing a man who had been... uh Lying by a pool, waiting, waiting, waiting for something outside of himself to cause his healing. Now, if you have a covenant with God and you accept Jesus as your healer, you're not really waiting on something from the outside to come and rescue you from your sickness. Amen. God is really waiting for you to recognize that he wants you well. And so when Jesus comes and introduces himself to this man, this is the first time this man understands that God is alive. Before he's waiting on an angel to come and trouble the waters. He's waiting on something external outside of himself to initiate his healing. But we have a faith covenant with God. And everybody can can respond to God with their faith. Amen. And so really that's what Jesus came to introduce was have faith in God. And putting your confidence in your covenant with God. So I'll go back. We'll read it and start from the beginning. In 5 verse 1 says, uh, after this there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. Bethesda meaning house of mercy. And these lay a great multitude of impotent people, a blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lie there and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said to him, will you be made whole or will you let me heal you or don't you want to be healed? And the impotent man answered him and said, I have no man. So here we have impotent in his body, impotent in his will, impotent in his mind, 
and impotent in his spirit. He's impotent everywhere around. There are sometimes you can be impotent in your body, but your spirit is strong. Your spirit is full of life. Your spirit is full of faith. And you can have strength in your mind. You can, you can expect, you, you meditate on the scriptures. You expect, see, when you're, when you're believing God for something, you gotta attack impotence everywhere that it is. That's why we, we minister the word to people through the hearing of faith. You meditate on that word. You read scripture to yourself. You are taking the impotence out of at least one area of your being so that the rest of it can come up to the same level. So it, when you, instead of looking at your confession as something you have to do or something you just do and you don't know why you do it, confessing the word is better than confessing you're sick. You understand what I'm saying? Instead of just looking at it as something you do, look at it as a ministry that you give to yourself. Because you can tell by this man's words, he's impotent everywhere he is. His mind could have been strong. Amen. But what he said to Jesus when he came by, he said, I don't have a man to help me. Well, what does he think Jesus is? You know how some people just just want to complain all the time. How you doing? I'm well. I, I'm blessed of the Lord, but they can't wait to get that little butt in there. Uh I'm uh you know, I'm I'm blessed and highly favored, but uh So his complaint is I don't have anybody strong enough to get me down. We we mentioned yesterday that the pool was at a height and there were 21 steps all the way down to the bottom where the pool was. So I don't know kind of what kind of man he was waiting to come by. Huh? Amen. If if he's big enough and strong enough to get a grown person down 21 steps, Hey, I want to meet him. <laughs> and I hope he's cute too. Am I right, Poppy? <laughs> I'll say I take American Express. I take. <laughs> yeah, check in before I. I can't be letting just nobody carry me down those steps. <laughs> but the person kind of person he's waiting on doesn't even exist. And he pretty much knows it. See, after people wait for such a long time, they wonder what they're waiting for. Because there's nobody strong enough to do what he wanted to have done. He's just heard about something. See, he's heard about something. Somebody says, oh, the water's getting stirred. That angel's down there. And people run and run and run and can't get down there fast enough. Amen. That's not God. That's not a covenant. See, they they had a covenant with healing all the time, but it wasn't out there at the porch over the pool. 
the covenant was at the temple. Inside where the presence of God was. Just the reading of the scrolls would get people healed under their covenant. God said, if you diligently hearken, just making your offering and your sacrifice for the remission of your sins would get you healed in Israel. But they have so perverted and diverted the priesthood. Now they got people sitting waiting over on a porch, believing for some happenstance to happen and for somebody to be uh, strong enough to get them down so they can be the first one to get in there. Amen. And so. God is not a God that's, he's not cheap on his healings. He's had, he has enough healing virtue for everybody to get their healing at all times. And so this process, if this were scriptural and this was going to work for everybody, Jesus would not have stayed, come in there and interrupted that process. If that was God's process for them, Jesus would, cause God doesn't conflict with himself. Amen. He has one way to do things, and and his way is in unity with his purpose for things. And so the fact that Jesus comes through and interrupts it means that must mean that this is a tradition of man, which makes the power of God of none effect. So Jesus actually has to pry this man loose from his tradition and his false believing. So how does he pry him loose? He has to come and take him by surprise and give him simple instructions that if he will follow him, his faith will be loose so that he can receive his healing. So when Jesus said, he said in verse six, when he saw him lie and he knew he had been a long time in that case, he said to him, will you be made whole? Do you want this? See, receiving healing can be simply a matter of wanting it. Waiting is not the same thing as wanting. Sometimes waiting can signify that you don't want it anymore. Huh? Everybody that's waiting on a mate or waiting on a spouse or waiting on... Yeah, right. Back in the day, you would go get your sister, put y'all do-rags on, and go hijack you somebody. I know, Poppy, come on now, help me out. I know you love me. Huh? You can't tell me you don't love me. And by the time he get finished looking at you rough little sisters and they're, yes, I, I love you, baby. I really do love you. Huh? You whipped the dress dress out of the back of the SUV? Y'all down the aisle already. See, that's wanting. That's desire. I have all the respect in the world for some of these sisters. Because at least they want something. You get amongst the saints and everybody's waiting. And not wanting. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I ain't talking about that. Martha quoting scriptures at the, at the living word. Huh? 
See, we have to be careful with our waiting. You know what keeps wanting alive and desire alive in us while we are waiting because it's not, our faith is not there yet? Is your relationship with God. Your worship. You're reading the word, meditating on the word, studying the word, expecting the word, talking to God about it. God, I thank you that my healing is imminent. Talk. If you take pills, talk to them. Pretty soon I won't have to take you no more. I'm divorcing you real soon. Amen. And so your your faith is kept alive with your voice. It's kept alive with your actions. And Jesus knew that this man had stopped wanting. So when he comes by, he has to stir up your want again. See, a lot of us are under the false impression that we got to be perfect in everything all the time before God will move on our behalf. What have you done that's 100% right lately? Huh? Probably the last thing we've done right is, is pray to f- prayer of salvation. And ever since then, we've been stumbling, halfway blind, and faith accidents, and just doing the best we could. Well, I'm here to tell you that's quite all right with Jesus. Because he's the author and perfecter of our faith. If your faith needs straightening out, he's the one who can do it for you. And sometimes we just need to deal with things like right there where they are and how they are. Jesus something isn't, is not happening fast enough for my liking. Oh, is that a wrong prayer? I'm, I'm just saying it. Sometimes if that's how you feel, that's what you say. Huh? You know, the problem with sometimes with us, we so quick to want to correct ourselves. You barely give yourself a chance to make a mistake before you correcting yourself. You know, we walk in church and the say, how you doing? You don't even know how to answer. Oh, this one, she the confession Nazi. I better say the right thing in front of her. Huh? When really you want to say to the first person that you walk into, can you please pray for me? <laughs> Understand what I'm saying? You just feeling some kind of way, whatever. Huh? It's the truth. Jesus comes along to perfect our faith, not to grill us and make sure we've been reading enough Bible and that our confession is 100% perfect. He don't do that to us. He's our helper. He's our advocate. He is for us, not against us. Often we'll ask God what the problem is and we never get an answer. You ever been there? You get a you get a silence. I'm getting to it, sister. Okay, you never get an answer because he didn't hear you. He doesn't respond to pity. He doesn't respond to whiners. He doesn't respond to complaining. He doesn't respond to. Doubt, fear, this, we can name them all. 
What did he tell Job? Job had been whining for 39 chapters. 38. He said, get up out the bed. I don't talk to whiners. He, when he said, array yourself like a man. Well, Job was a priest. That's pretty evident. If you put it together and piece it together, you see that's what he did. And his, his, his little friends that came by his bed were people he had ministered to. Huh? And until Job prayed for his friends, he didn't get healed. The Bible says God turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Huh? I'm telling you, whatever you've been doing, keep doing. Whatever you're accustomed to doing, keep doing. Don't let sickness get to the point where it takes you down. I mean, I know sometimes you got to lay down until you feel better and you get up. But you need to be wenting doing something that looks like what you used to do before this thing attacked you the whole time. Joe probably said, if I had known this, all I had to do was get out to bed and put on some clothes and go pray for somebody. I'd have done this a long time ago. And that's a hint for some of us. Sickness will make you care about nobody but you if you let it. If you keep going, you keep instead of winting go. Amen. (laughs) Just going. Going and doing. But see, Job would rather lay down than to look weak in front of people. Oh, Bob, don't be so mean. That hurt. But sometimes that's what keeps us from being healed. We don't want to go to church and we can't get no regular shoes on. Feet too swollen. Huh? We got to wear house shoes everywhere. We don't want to go because people going to look at us and wonder what's wrong. No, they going to look at you and think maybe her feet do hurt. Maybe she a little, maybe I should pray for her. See, this is not the place for the well. This is the place for the sick. <laughs> hey, you're in the right place. <laughs> Jesus said all them whole people don't need a physician. It's the sick ones that need them. You need to sign up and call yourself sick just so you can get him. Amen. At least temporarily. Or at least in need. Amen. You're in need. Amen. You're in need of the work of the Savior in your life and in your heart. And so Jesus then has the, the, the task of activating this man's faith by doing the right operation. Some of the things that we sometimes get accustomed to doing out of habit that are supposed to be expressions of our faith are not right. Or they don't apply in the situation you're in right now. If you can go to God and get a fresh word from him, a fresh encouragement from him, a fresh something from him, amen, instead of pulling out your your brother so-and-so textbook stuff that you always drag out, 
maybe the problem is you haven't checked in with God for a while. And you're so busy running through your tapes and your textbooks and all that kind of stuff. Amen. Getting your little formulas out. God's not a formula. He's God. See, as long as your mind is on your infirmity and your problem, there's no room much for health and healing and wholeness to come into your soul. But when you get to the place, you say, no, I'm not going to do none of it. I'm just going to sit here and worship God. Or I'm going to sit here and wait until God moves me. Ow! You mean you can wait on God to come and move you and touch you? Yeah, uh uh-huh. Well, you think this kept this man here for 38 years. And you thought your situation was long. God don't care how long it takes. He's coming. If you ever asked, he's coming. If you ever believed, he's coming. See, this man put his faith in a system. He probably came to the priest and this was their system for dealing with sick people. Park them all up there. Pack them all in to one spot and make them wait. Many of them got carted out. They put a sheet over them and carried them right out of that same place. They never got healed. Jesus comes by as a rescuer. Amen. He's not trying to upset nothing. He's not trying to upset the the, uh, religious authorities in that area. He's trying to get people well. He's responding to their faith. You say, what faith? This man didn't go up to him and say, well, he couldn't go up to him. He didn't, he didn't ask Jesus to heal him. Your faith isn't always expressed by asking. Oh, Barb. Oh, Barb. Now that's a real headache right there. Huh? Sometimes your faith is expressed by being in a place of expectation. Ooh. 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 That shoots down my word of faith doctrine. Good. I want to shoot some more of them. There's plenty of people Jesus healed. You never saw them people ask a peep out of him. He just went up to him. So the Bible can't tell you any more than that. And they'll say a certain person, a certain, a certain. That's all you have to be as a certain person. Certain people get his attention. Certain people get the desires of their hearts. Certain people. See, Jesus follows faith. He's looking for faith. Everywhere he went, he was looking for faith. And he knows it when he sees it. So faith is not like a a prescription. This is how you show your faith and only this will work. That's not what it is. Faith is many things as far as God is concerned. Sometimes your faith has been expressed many years ago. 
And now is the season for your manifestation. Huh? And sometimes you can be in the middle of whining and carrying on and acting crazy and God will just touch you and heal you. You done broke every law in your little carnal book of laws of, of how to get it. You done broke every law and you still got healed. Ooh. Well, should I come? Absolutely confess the word. Absolutely meditate on the word. Absolutely feed your seed of healing in your body with the word of God. But I'm telling you in your due season, it will come. And you may not be doing the right thing at the right time in your due season, but God will show up with it anyway. He loves that kind of stuff. Come to you when you act in your worst. You know, there are people that, that would go to Benny Hinn meetings and, and ready to storm out angry because they didn't get it when they thought they should get it. And then an usher will come up to them, say, you're looking for a seat and take them right up to the front row and they get it. Oh. Or take Zacharias in the temple. The angel says, your prayer is heard. And he's going, who, what prayer? Who, what? I wasn't praying. I was trying to keep from going to sleep up in there by myself. Huh? The high priest, you know, Getting ready to do his duties. Prayer was heard. Your wife's going to have a baby. Baby what? (laughs) Baby who? He ain't talking about grandkids. He's talking about. So no doubt they prayed while they were young. That's the bar. Quit hurting me so much. Going against everybody's doctrine. Well, that's what you want to do. You want to kill doctrine. You want to kill the traditions of men. You want to kill the folk tales and the stories and the do's and the don'ts and the confession Nazis that tell you to change your confession. Don't say that. Say so-and-so. No, you say it. I speak by unction. Amen. So in the book of John, Jesus repeatedly refers to himself as I am. He is a God who is alive. So this man waiting on the pool is waiting on he doesn't know what. He's waiting on an angel, but he certainly ain't waiting on God to just come by and help him. But Jesus introduces himself as God. The, the I am is revealed to him. The God who is alive. And that's all we want. We want the living God to come and touch us and make us whole. Amen. So when the impotent man in verse 7 answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled. Now he probably ain't never seen that water troubled. Just a thought. That's a rumor. You know how many people put their faith in rumors? You know, people go around saying tongues is of the devil and they firmly believe it and won't look in the book and see that it was the promise, the blessing that was promised from on high. Well, I know that's in there, but do you understand what I'm saying? 
And so there are many people who put their faith and tradition even in the face of the living word. So Jesus asks him, will he be made whole? And the guy never says yes. What he answered him was excuses. So really, what you can say here is this man really wasn't expecting anything. If you sit there and you know the conditions and you know you don't meet them, your faith is pretty much gone flat and gone dead. So at this point, this man is expressing nothing. But yet he still gets a command from God. Now, how is Jesus giving him a command to do something that's going to allow his healing power to come into that guy? He's doing it based on covenant. Now, this might really hurt. But we'll say it anyway. Remember the woman who was bowed over? She couldn't straighten herself up. Did she ask to be healed? Ooh, this is a tough one, Barb. Let me see, let me see, let me see. Does this man ask? But what did Jesus say when he touched her? He said, this is a daughter of Abraham. She ought to be healed. She ain't got no business being sick, sitting up in this temple. She comes regularly. She's doing what she's supposed. She's doing what y'all tell her to do. And ain't nobody healed her yet. He said, she deserves to be healed. I'm going to heal her. So the God, the I am is the God who keeps covenant and mercy. Religious people make it hard for us. Taste not, touch not, handle not. You can't be fat and get a healing. (laughs) Not that I'm trying to prove nobody wrong. You know, I'm working on it. Y'all know I've been working on it. Huh? It's true. You got more skinny preachers jumping up in the pulpit trying to tell everybody else how to get thin. Man, I ain't trying to get thin. I'm trying to get loved ones out of hell. Where is that? Where is that? Now, where is that sermon? Huh? I come from a long line of pleasingly plump ladies. (laughs) Who in our youth was a thin slip of a girl. You know what I'm saying. Come on now. Let's get down to where we live. You're sending you 10% of nothing to sit up and tell me that. (laughs) I can get that off my little floating, them little floating advertisements that come on your Facebook page. I get plenty of that from there. You need to tell me how to get a miracle. And Kate, quit, quit canceling my fish fry. Am I right?
All I got to do is thank God for it and throw it down, and we all good. You know, got to stay away from excess, of course. Huh? That one more bite of fish that's sitting there, you could put it away and wait. Huh? That's where it all starts. That's my only vice is that little extra piece. Then his brother sitting next to him on the... <laughs> I ain't thinking about y'all. Y'all messing with me too much. I'm just... But see, these people had a healing covenant with God. He keeps covenant. So at some point, these people have been obedient enough that God wants to visit them. And check this out. He visits the disobedient and he causes them to obey. God will tell you exactly what you need to do so that the blessings of God will come into your life. He's not telling you to put your budget in a strain so you can go give to the church. Oh, brother, here we go. Somebody else don't want a sacred cow. Now, now you ain't going to go and spend frivolous and don't be giving God your leftovers forever. Go spend what you want and then come into church. <laughs> well, boy, you can tell when it's fake. Be sweating it. Throwing it in the basket like it's hot. <laughs> Help me out, Poppy. I'm trying. Trying to get a point across here. But the Bible says God who is rich in mercy. He's rich in mercy. He's got more mercy for us than he's got rules and regulations that we have to follow so that we can get a crumb from him. Amen. If we just would stay serious with God and not walk away from it when we don't get it the first time or get frustrated so quickly. Amen. Then we'll get what it is that we desire from him. So Jesus asked this man, will you be made whole? He gives him some excuses. That's what you call indoctrinated. See, Jesus has got to break up some doctrine in this guy. Because this man is convinced this is his only way to get healed. Now, how did he get there? From the ministers. Who put that porch out there? And told everybody to come and lay there and wait for an angel to come by. Who assigned him to, to section seven, row three, seat number ten? Season tickets. Huh? The priest did. See, whatever religion supports, that doctrine has to be broken so that you can receive something in your spirit. So Jesus comes by and tells him to stand up. Now you can imagine all the people around him. What you mean? He just told you he don't have, that man is helpless. 
He's crippled. Don't you see he can't walk? Yeah, that's why I'm coming by here. In fact, he ain't walked in 38 years if he walked in. But he's been laying in row sections to row whatever it is for all this time. And Jesus wants to break his comfort in tradition that says it's going to happen this way and this way only. Because the priest had the ability to declare that man healed. If they had administered the word to these people, they know what covenant they have. It's imagine, it's funny, most of the priests is walking around on two legs and doing pretty well. Taking all the offerings and stuff. Amen. But here this man is, he can't get well. I remember watching a, a healing a minister on television and some people had come there for one night service. In fact, the woman had brought her husband there and he didn't know where they were going. And But she was tired of him being sick. And she knew he was tired. He had diabetes. He was on oxygen and in a wheelchair. So she heard that a healing minister, and then this man has an extremely good reputation. I mean, limbs created and everything. Billy Burke. She went, took him to his meeting. And so he asked, he always chats with people, you know, sometimes you got to do that to get them disarmed from, you know what I'm saying. So anyway, asked them where they went and they told him it was another church, very popular church. The next night when he said, oh, you're the people from so-and-so church. No, no, we're coming here now. (laughs) Smartest move, because if you're in a church and you're faithful and you're paying tithes and offerings and you can't get healed, book amen god was giving him that all he needed to see was god is real you get up and go and don't let him know the next the last move you made which brings me back to our little guy here in our example jesus says get up take up your bed and walk immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed and walked. See, Jesus knew there was a little window of faith opening that he could wedge into and get an instruction inside of this man to break up this traditional thinking. Sometimes you got to bypass people's heads and get in their hearts and give them something new to do. And he said immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him, that was cured, it's the Sabbath. It's not lawful for you to carry your bed. See, that's what tradition will get you to do. In other words, put it back down and lay down again because we like you there. See, religion is always either coming or going. It's never here. You either just missed it. Or you gotta pray a whole lot more so it'll come. Instead of it's here, step into it. <gasps> what do you mean it's here, step? Yes, invisible. You wouldn't know nothing about that. Pharisee. And he answered them, he says, well, the person that made me whole is the same one that told me to pick this bed up and, and walk with it. Then they asked him, uh, what man is this that told you that? 
And he that was healed said, well, I don't know who he was. And he's looking around. Jesus left already. Huh? I like that. The hit and run. Afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple, and, and this is what he said to him. He said, look, you and God healed. You're whole. He said, don't sin anymore, or something worse is going to come to you. Jesus said, because he was in the bar. Jesus said, because he was at Bebe's Nim house. Huh? Where'd he find him? Oh! He's in the temple and Jesus tells him not to sin anymore? Ah! You mean his problem? He was in sin and that's why he didn't get... Ah! Sometimes your biggest sin can be your religion. And I'm not talking about faith. I'm talking about your your uh, allegiance to your stuff you like in the pulpit. Huh? I like the fact that I'm semi-crazy most of the time when I sit here because... <laughs> It's hard to take a liking to semi-crazy people. But you know, they're preachers with great swelling words and they just keep people all captivated and, and you look and, and Tom used to limp and now he on a cane and now he on a wheelchair and he's still captivated. I'm going to say it again. Your condition has gone from minimum to worse and you still captivated by the thing that keeps you see idolatry is sin folks I don't know you know just thinking that oh you know and the the, the priest would 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 regularly uh uh threaten to throw people out if they went to a Jesus meeting and got healed that's why the kid who was born blind his parents were scared and they said they were asking him, well, how did you get healed? And they said, I don't know. Ask him. He's old enough to speak for himself. They were scared of getting thrown out of the temple if they said Jesus healed them and they appreciated it. So that's why Jesus told them, just leave and don't come back no more. Huh? Just get out of Dodge. So he says, something worse will happen to you if you stay in this place. See, the minute you start to receive healing from God, the devil's going to pick at you about it. Oh, that little bit of something. You think you felt something. That wasn't God. If that was God, you'd be 100%. Huh? But sometimes you got to learn how to live off little bits. I know I did on the way to getting my health back, my my mental health. <laughs> and yes, I am. Sound mind. I let no man dispute. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's sounder than I was. Let me put it there. <laughs> I'm, I'm walking by faith. I'm walking it out, walking it out. The man left 
and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. Then the Jews went to persecute Jesus and sought to kill him. Huh? You mean you heal people and the devil wants to kill you? Oh, yeah. Huh? Why do you think he gives you such a hard time? Hmm? Why do you think he lies on preachers who are really anointed? Every time you look up, the devil and told somebody something crooked about you. Huh? Oh, yeah. No, the enemy finds, he finds weak people and start to malign you and persecute you and all that kind of stuff. The devil hates the power of God. And he will stop it any way that he can. Amen? You know, you go to, to some people's meetings and people say, well, uh, you know, uh, 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 she don't have no covering. Women's supposed to have a covering when they preach. My covering's in heaven. People don't like to figure that stuff out. See, when God calls you, he calls you. He don't call you in a covering. And most of them little retarded brothers can't cover what most people have. You understand what I'm saying? Some people are so traditional and bound. And How you go submit to somebody who don't have half of what God's given you to do? And don't understand what you're doing. Now I'm just telling it like it is. Listen, I study, I pray, I live right. I ask God what to do. You know, I give him my best and my all and have for over 35 years that I've been saved. Now I don't know what these people coming up. You got to join our organ. I ain't joining nothing. You make me. That's what you said to kids when you was gangster. Them kids come and tell you better do you make me. Sometimes you got to see what people really got. Find out they ain't got nothing. Every time you call a number, they got a different cell phone. How come you can't keep one number? You ain't paying the bill? I'm going to submit to you and you can't even pay your own bills? So, tells him, go leave the temple. Go home. You do better at home than you than a place that's going to steal your healing from you. Huh? So then Jesus begins to teach on his relationship to the Father, where his position as the great I am starts to come forth for the people. Amen? So in the book of John, you'll find Jesus as the great I am. Amen. He's the one who is the healer. When when that man obeyed God, that was his healing. Sometimes it's just a simple thing to do in obedience that will unlock and release your healing to you. The Bible says when you're converted, you could be healed at any time. Amen. So expect at any time. Amen. Expect God to give us what we need. Miss Nola, you got the communion elements. Praise God. We're going to pass those out now. I'm going to read uh, a scripture to you and and so that you can understand your blood covenant with God and how that is activated at the communion table. 
Amen. You want your covenant to be alive at all times, but the, 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 um, sacrament of communion was left for us as a memorial to the cross, to the covenant, to the healing power of God in our lives. And so when we come to the communion table, there are some stipulations. Amen. Number one, God wants us to be free from sin. He talks about taking the body and the bread of Christ in a worthy manner. Amen. He says people are sickly and sometimes they're, they're weak and sometimes they even uh, die because they do not honor the Lord's body. You know, people who I, I always encourage people when I, uh, talk to them, you know, you can meet all kind of people, especially with the internet and all that kind of stuff. And one of the biggest things out here people complain about, well, I don't go to church. You know, I went to church and they, and they want to, they want to give you the church history of everything they did wrong. I said, only the devil keeps up with people's sin, but I'm not going to accuse these people of nothing. But I always tell them, I say, well, did you stay in church long enough to learn to forgive? And if you didn't learn that, perhaps offenses continue to come to you because you need to learn that lesson. I don't know where y'all went to school, but we just didn't get past because we got taller than the teacher. Huh? You had to produce the goods in order to pass. And if a human teacher had that that condition on your passing and getting things uh, straightened out, certainly God does even more. So many times we're offended over and over again because we need to perfect forgiveness. Amen. You don't pick and choose who you forgive, how you could forgive and when you forgive and then just go holding grudges against everybody. That's not God. Amen. He said, do unto them as you would have them do unto you. Amen. And you don't, you don't treat people wrong. You want to be treated right. You got to start treating people right. So, and it's amazing how many times for unforgiveness will hinder your faith. It just blocks it, blocks it totally from manifesting. Now, I'm not talking about something that's, that you have emotional reactions to. I'm talking about your confession of forgiveness toward that individual. And sometimes we forgive with our confession, but then your emotions and your mind keep rehearsing it over and over again. Well, see, God wants to break that too. Amen. So that's what you pursue. You don't let that, that mind start to grab a hold of you and block and make you think that you're an unforgiver. Amen. We will definitely settle that today in communion and everybody that has offended you, you just leave them right there before the Lord and say, Lord, I release these people. I don't want to hold any grudges against anybody. I don't want anything to stand between. God, you are too precious to me to let some offense stand between me and you. So I want a clear feel between me and you. And once you've done that, once the the field is cleared, then you can partake of his body and of his blood, of his life, of the life he lives right now, which is all powerful over everything. And while you're partaking of that life, ask God to target that at an area of your life where you need help. Sometimes you're not, you're not infirm in your body. You may be pretty strong in your body. 
Minister Tina, your heart condition is going to come up some more today. So expect it, okay? Whether the doctors say it so or not, just expect it because God's going to do that for you. He says, daughter, you pressed to get here. So I'm oppressed to give it to you. Amen. Praise God. God wants us to be 100. Pastor Shirley, you're going to come up to. Expect it. Amen. Just let God bring you up as far as your faith wants to go today. Amen. And and you don't have to prove anything to anybody. You don't either, Minister Tina. See, we don't have to, in the house of God, we don't have to prove our faith to anybody by what we possess. Whether it's healing, whether it's strength, whether it's finances, whether it's possessions. Amen. Sometimes your possessions look better than your level of faith. (laughs) God keeps you looking good so people don't mess with you. Huh? You know, we would go out somewhere. My husband would. You know, before he'd always get dressed first. You know how men are. They put, what am I right, Poppy? They put the pressure on you sitting in that chair and wait for you to come out. And so I had to do the, you know, the runway. You know, I I mean, that's just a little married thing, but you know, I'll, I'll let you into the inner sanctum of crazy people. But I would say, what do you think? I said, is this front row appropriate? You know, we go somewhere and it's, do we get ushered in or do we get in the back and don't come in? Can we get in past the usher, you know? He said, oh, baby, that's front row. He said, but you know what I would do? I just do, you know, they tweak you a little bit. That's what God does with us. We're his bride. Amen. So he tweaks us in the eyes of people. So we look richer than what we are. We look smarter than what we are. We look more capable than what we are. Amen. So God, let God tweak you so people can stay off of you. Amen. Always asking you, did you get this yet? Did you get that yet? Amen. At some point, that stuff will stop because God has put something on you that convinces you that he's real and they quit bothering you about your God. Amen. So we're going to take the elements, take a minute before God in, in 1 Corinthians 24. It says here, verse 23, this is Paul talking, for I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, and he knew he would be betrayed, amen, but he cut the covenant anyway. Now think about that. He knew Judas was going to go out and hand him over, and he would be tortured, and he would be murdered because he was innocent. Of any wrongdoing. And he made it available. He wasn't thinking about him at that point. He was thinking about us. So he in advance made his broken body available to us. And his spilt blood that cleanses. Hallelujah. From all unrighteousness. The blood of Jesus speaks better things. It speaks your wholeness. It speaks your soundness. It speaks your healing. It it speaks your sound mind. It speaks a higher level of faith. Some of us are going to come up to a higher level of faith today. A higher level of trusting God. I see God coaxing some people out of the corners. 
You know what corners represent? Beggars. You know, when, when you just don't feel as close to God as you should. You're blood bought. He wants to coax you out of the corners and bring you out into the main field. See, Israel, when they would harvest their crops, they would left, leave the corners with some wheat in them for beggars, gleaners that would come by and just get the crumbs. God says the crumbs aren't for you. You're to go out into the main body of the crop and pick what you want and eat till you're full. No scraps. You're worthy. He wants you right out there with everybody else, just like he did Ruth. Amen. And Ruth got out in the middle of the field, and guess who owned the field? And God is telling me, if you come out of the corners and come out of the hiding, he'll reveal your husband to you and you to him. I'm going, you know what, I'm going to go across the street. Just excuse me. Excuse me while I go. See, some of y'all got so crazy waiting. Huh? He wants you to pick up your bed. Get up off your waiting. Huh? And get in the mode of receiving. He wants you out of the fringes and out into the main. Huh? He wants you on the runway. You his runway bride. You're the one he loves more than anybody. You're perfect in his eyes. Amen. He forgives you of all them burgers and fries and Twinkies. Well, isn't that what we think about sometimes when we think about why we're not this yet and why we're not that yet? You know, the devil will bring that stuff to you. You're perfect just the way you are in God's eyes. Amen. And he'll slap blindness on some brother. No, <laughs> I'm messing with you. I just said that to make y'all wake up. Act like you're over at the Y. Amen. Praise God. So he said, in the same night, he gave thanks and broke it. Father, we thank you for this element of bread and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you so that your body could be whole. He said, eat it in remembrance of me. Just remember that I broke my body to make your body whole. So receive your healing. Receive your wholeness. Receive your soundness. Receive soundness in your mind. Receive wholeness of your heart and your mind. Receive a new memory. Receive a new blood pressure. Receive a, a, a resistance to this disease and all disease in Jesus name after the same manner also he took the cup when he had finished eating or supped saying this cup is the new testament in my blood this you do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me not remembering me with any kind of sorrow or sadness. Remember me in that what I accomplished for you with this. Amen. He broke poverty off of us. Amen. With his blood. He broke sickness off of us with his blood. He broke condemnation off of us 
lack of advantage off of us. Government can't give you the advantages that the blood of Jesus can. Amen? He's done all of that. So everything that you need is in this covenant and then some. Amen? He does his blood speaks better things. It speaks your wealth, your contentment, your wholeness, your happiness, your soundness. This blood will reveal your future to you. What are you concerned about as far as your future is concerned? This blood will reveal it to you. Amen? Because it gives you a good future. It tells you of things to come. Just ask God to show it to you. You need to see some stuff. We all need to see some stuff. So, Father, we drink this cup for new vision, ability to see who we are, and see our future as good and bright. And, Lord, bring our future closer. For those of us who have been weary and well-doing and waiting, bring our future closer to us. Amen? So he said, drink all of it. Amen? And he says, for as often, didn't say how often, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, do it to show forth the Lord's death. Don't do it as a regular routine and you come in and you got sin on you and you act any kind of way. You understand what I'm saying? Do it in remembrance of the Lord. And Father, we ask you to forgive our sins cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Father, we thank you. We have partaken of your holy blood and your holy body to give us sustenance, to give us strength, to give us health, to give us that which we lack, to give us new vision, to give us new understanding, to give us new opportunities, Lord. Father, I thank you that this cup makes everything fresh and new. Whatever was yesterday is past and we cut it off in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for everything fresh and new because divine life has come into us once again in the name of Jesus. So we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Do we have enough time, Clorette? We made it, didn't we? Hey! Amen, amen, amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. I told the Lord I would give everybody a touch. I'm debating if I, yeah, <laughs> debate no more, Barb. Well, then, then we'll just seal our communion with the anointing. Amen. If you want me to come by and touch with you, how much time I got, Shannon? We don't worry about time. Don't tell a preacher that. No, we good. I'm, I'm not going to hold you. I know y'all start sighing and rolling your eyes and stuff. Okay. All right. So we're good. So I'm going to just anoint you guys with oil and break the devil's power. If he's trying to hold you in something, you don't belong to him. Amen. You belong to God. God who has given you all things already that pertain to life and to godliness. Praise God. Praise God. 
Um, probably better have them stand in front of their chairs, Mr. Dillard. Praise God. Those of you who are watching by internet, I'm going to release the anointing to you. Be healed, be blessed, be made whole. Leave what you don't need at the altar. Pick up what you do need from God. Whether it's healing, deliverance, wholeness, soundness, answers, responses from God, whatever it is you need, receive it now. In the mighty name of Jesus, the great I am. The great I am. won't let her hurt herself. Praise God. She's just being her real self. have a word for you, Alicia. He said, why don't you let me? He said, just let go and quit trying so hard. He said, if you let me, I'll do everything that's on your heart for me to do. He said, but just let me. If you can't think of a reason why you don't let him, then just let him, okay? Amen? Praise God. Amen. Praise God. you're looking for it, but he's doing it, amen, just know that he's doing it, amen, praise God, praise God, praise God, thank you, Jesus, thank you, hallelujah, glory to God, glory to God, glory, glory, glory in the highest, glory in the highest, hallelujah, glory in the highest, we thank you, we bless you, we praise you, thank you, Lord. Are the great I am. You're the one who was and is and is to come. And you choose to dwell in us, Lord. We're so thankful. So thankful. We bless you, Jesus. 
We praise your holy name. We exalt you today, Lord. We lift you up higher and higher and higher to the highest place. We lift you up, Jesus. We lift you up. Let go of that which you doubt is of me, says the Lord. Some of you are wondering. Circumstances, situations, things that you're doing really if I'm in it. He said, let go of it. He said, if it belongs to you, I'll give it back to you. And I'll give it back to you the right way, says the Lord. We'll do our confession. I don't have Rona, and she don't have me. I can't get Rona, and she can't get me. And I thank you, Lord, that by your stripes, I am healed. Amen, amen, and amen. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God.